0: Hey there, everyone. I'm Patrick Ferguson from SkullSplitter Dice, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the False Hydra, which is a fan-made homebrew monster that gained quite a bit of popularity for evil dungeon masters. This creepy bugger has been tossed around quite a bit with a bunch of different versions and iterations, but you can thank a guy named Goblin Punch for the original idea from this article that we've linked below in the description. Why did a homebrew critter get so much attention? Because it's creepy, it's terrifying, and will completely screw with the minds of any party that has to face it. The False Hydra is more than just a monster to fight. It's a paranoia-inducing experience that will linger with your players forever. So just sit back and try to retain your memories as we go through everything you need to know about this terrifying beast. Imagine you walk into a small town. Everything seems all right, except it's a little off. The town seems pretty big, but you don't see nearly as many people as there should be. Dozens of houses lie empty and dilapidated, and everybody that you ask says no one ever lived there. Animals keep freaking out unexpectedly. You trip over something that seems like nothing at first. You arrive at an inn run by a lovely married couple. In the morning, only the wife remains, and she claims she was never married. She cries when you press her about it, and she doesn't know why. The town is the unwitting lair of a false hydra and you've probably already seen it and forgotten about it a dozen times since you've gotten there. If you're a Doctor Who fan, the False Hydra is basically the silence in D&D monster form. Stat-wise, it's not exactly weak, but it just has a few basic bite and claw attacks. Its real power is its blind song, which makes everyone forget that they ever saw it or that anyone has ever been eaten by it. Needless to say, this whole concept is terrifying and it's a huge goldmine of role-playing opportunities. People around the party keep disappearing and they're left to hunt for clues as their own minds reject the monster staring them right in the face. You can definitely see why evil DMs love running this stuff. There's no official version of the False Hydra since it started out as more of a role-playing concept rather than a stat block. However, there is a free rule set which has become the agreed-upon standard which we're gonna throw up on screen. They're a large, huge aberration. They're neutral evil with a pretty okay armor class. Their hit points are also pretty big, especially if your party leans on the smaller side, and their stats are, well, nothing to sneeze at. It has conditioned immunities to being blinded, charmed, deafened, grappled, knocked prone, stunned, or knocked unconscious. And as for the languages it understands, that is completely up to the victim as it understands whatever their victims are saying. The most noteworthy aspect of the false hydra is their blind song. All hostile creatures that can hear the hydra sing must make a DC 15 wisdom saving throw at the start of their turn. If the hydra sings with more than one head, all hostile creatures must subtract 1d4 from their saving throw. On a failure, the creature forgets the hydra was ever there. I really love anything in D&D that has both a gameplay and a roleplay repercussion that players really have to experiment with. So I really enjoy this ability. Now let's go over some of the actions of the Hydra, starting with their multi-attack. The Hydra can use a claw attack and a bite attack on the same turn, which, as you can see, is not exactly a small amount of damage to take. If the Hydra succeeds on a claw attack, it can choose to grapple the target instead of dealing damage. The Hydra can only grapple one creature at a time and cannot use its claw attack while it's grappling the creature, so it's not completely stacked against the player's odds. Now let's go over their bonus actions, starting with Sing. The Hydra can use a bonus action to stop singing or to start its song with an additional head. They can also regrow one of their heads. This is an ability you've probably seen represented a few times. The Hydra can use a bonus action to begin regrowing a head that has died. It takes three regrowth bonus actions to fully regrow a head. It regains 20 hit points each time it uses regrowth. And now let's move on to reactions starting appropriately with multi-react. The Hydra can make two reactions per round as long as it has three or more of its heads including things like whale. After taking damage, the Hydra can use a reaction to whale. Creatures within five feet of the Hydra when it whales will take 2d4 psychic damage. Physically speaking, the false Hydra resembles a mundane, run-of-the-mill Hydra in a superficial way, but is a creature altogether far more disquieting and sinister. It has pallid, nearly white skin, and while it has multiple long-necked heads like a Hydra, each head is uncannily humanoid in shape with savage teeth and blackened pits in the place of its eyes. It prefers to spend its time mostly underground, so the first and often only time it is observed is as a single white humanoid head snaking up from the ground and dragging its victims back to be devoured. So what's the best way to use a false hydra as a DM? Looking through these stats, you should notice a few minor templating errors. It is homebrew content after all, but there's also something rather important missing, the challenge rating. Its HP and its most powerful abilities are directly tied to the number of heads, which is meant as a sort of throttle to make the monster easier or more difficult, depending on the situation. It recommends using a number of heads equal to half the number of PCs in your party plus one, which for say a normal party of four would mean three heads. Also, it's never explicitly stated unless I missed it somewhere and I'm boneheaded and like I said, this is homebrew content, so it's possible, but it's not clear how you kill each head. The standard Hydra has rules concerning chopping off the heads that the false Hydra is sorely missing. I recommend either lopping off a head every 100 hit points or to make it easier, a head every time it takes a critical hit. This threat throttling makes it difficult to judge challenge rating, but I wouldn't throw even a one-headed version of it at any group lower than level 6. I feel like the sweet spot here is a level 7 to 8 encounter. Any higher and the Hydra's actual attacks start to feel token and unimpactful. Challenge rating calculators will place it around 10, but it's weighted so heavily on the quite frankly, ridiculously high hit points that I'd place it a bit lower. Really though, this is designed as a role-playing encounter beyond anything, not just a monster slugfest. Your players should slowly become more paranoid and concerned before the actual fight. The stat block on DM's Guild actually comes with an entire town worth of these encounters that can blend up beautifully to the gut-wrenching climax. However, You can set up false hydra scenarios in just about any setting you can dream of. Set up your unfortunate town with tons of little clues and unexplained mysteries. Emphasize people are missing, the survivors missing memories, and allude to the townsfolk only to have their very memory missing the next day. I also loved the animals responding to the false hydra and people literally tripping over the beast only to instantly forget about it. Assuming that they have three heads, your PCs will be making a DC 15 wisdom save with a negative 2d4 modifier as they enter the town. Odds are in favor that they'll all fail at the start, but even if they don't, they'll all fail eventually. It happens every turn, and even if they succeed, make sure that they only get a glimpse of the creature at the start. You don't want to spoil it too early. You should run your players through multiple encounters with townsfolk that give them more and more reason to believe something is a little off. Eventually, though, you're going to need to give your players a chunk of information to work with. Let them find a book with a legend of the False Hydra, or a religious story with vague allusions to a memory-eating demon. Maybe you could give them a crazed NPC holed up in the town with plugged-up ears or something like that. However, they finally figure out what's going on at some point, so they'll still need to find a way to fight the False Hydra without forgetting about it. You can let them come up with their own plans, but there's generally three ways that they can go about it and you'll need to provide hints for at least one of them. For instance, you have plugged ears. Logically, this should work. They can't be affected by the Hydra's song if they can't hear it. If they go this route, they should all have the deafened condition during the fight. And then there's true seeing or similar divination. While I think the clever options are more thematic, if the party has a caster with true sight or similar effects, they should be able to fight the false Hydra without forgetting about it or at least will still see the threat each round, even if they forget about it somehow. My final note for running the False Hydra is to not be too cruel with it, especially you DMs out there that like torturing your players or seeming a bit more clever than you actually are. Once the players are catching on to what's going on around them, you should really just let them work it out. And don't keep mind wiping them every time they get too close to the truth. Also, be aware of the False Hydra's burrow speed. It's fine to use it to lure players to the underground layer for the final fight, But don't be annoying about it. Don't use it to do things like play keep away. The false hydra should be about paranoia and fright, not utter frustration. As for fighting the hydra, if you find yourself in a false hydra lair, you're basically stuck there until you can actually identify the problem. This is going to depend on what tidbits your DM gives you or some really good wisdom saves. I still say that this fight is prone to meta-knowledge problems, but you should try to play it as if your memories are really wiped whenever you fail against the song. Once you and your party can figure out the problem, the easiest solution is plugging up everyone's ears and just hacking things to bits. The deafened condition is a mild penalty, and while the memory loss is daunting, the False Hydra's actual attacks are rather lackluster when you get right down to it. What it does have is a big pool of hit points, so expect to spend a few rounds chipping away at it. The only wrinkle in this straightforward final fight is the False Hydra's burrow speed, which won't be a factor unless your DM wants to be especially annoying. If the DM wants to play keep away, try going for the grapple or a hold monster spell to keep the thing from scurrying away at the last second. As someone that really loves mysteries within their D&D campaigns, I think the False Hydra directly speaks to me in that regard. The only negative side, much like any mystery really, is that you can only do it to a party or a group of players really once, because they're going to pick up pretty quickly on what you're doing if they've faced them before. So that's really the only downside. Let me know what you guys thought of this video. We usually don't do things from the Dungeon Master's perspective, but as someone that would basically nine times out of 10 prefer to be the Dungeon Master as opposed to the player, I actually had a lot of fun with this video. So let me know what you guys think. And if you guys have had an encounter with a False Hydra before, please tell me all about it in the comments. I love reading about your guys' encounters and everything else. And the False Hydra is no doubt going to deliver some interesting stories. Thanks again for watching. My name's Patrick Ferguson from SkullSplitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.